Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. people she's ready she said she's ready all right let's get ready for this okay 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 let me get ready for chapter three okay let's see here where's the hole in this okay all right Peyton said she's ready. A series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. Book the 10th, The Slippery Slope. It looks very cold by the cover. And I think they just ran into Carmelita spats on the mountain. Chapter 3. You may well wonder why there has been no account of Sunny Baudelaire in the first two chapters of this book. But there are several reasons why this is so. For one thing, the sun- Sunny's journey... In Count Olaf's car was much more difficult to research. The tracks made by the tires of the car had been had vanished a long time ago, and so many blizzards and avalanches have occurred in Mortmain Mountain that even the road itself has largely disappeared. A few witnesses of Olaf's journey died oh the few witnesses to Olaf's journey had mostly died under mysterious circumstances, or were too frightened to answer letters, telegrams, and greeting cards I sent them requesting an interview, and even a even the litter that was thrown out the window of Olaf's car, the clearest sign that evil people had driven by, was picked up off the road by uh, long before my work has began. My missing litter is this, the missing litter is a good sign, and it indicates certain animals on Mortmain Mountain have continued their posts and are rebuilding the, their nest. But it has been made hard for me to write a complete account of the Sunny's travels. But if you're interested in knowing that Sunny Baudelaire spent her time, what she did, spent her time while her siblings stopped the caravan, following the path of stricken stream and struggled against the snow gnats, there is no other story that you might read that describes more or less the same situation. The story concerns a person named Carm. Cinderella. Cinderella was a young person who was placed in the care of various wicked people who released her and forced her to do all of the chores. Eventually, Cinderella was rescued by a fairy godmother who magically created a special outfit for Cinderella to wear to a ball, and a handsome prince would marry her soon after, and they live happily ever after in a castle. If you substitute the name Cinderella with the name Sunny Baudelaire and eliminate the fairy godmother, the special outfit, the ball, the handsome prince, and the marriage living happily ever after in a castle, you will have a clear idea of Sunny's predicament. I wish the baby orphan would stop that irritating cry, Count Olaf said, wiggling his one elbow in the car to make another violent turn. Nothing spoils a nice car trip like a whining cat kidnapping victim. I'm pinching her as often as, and, uh, as often as I can, Esme Squalor said, and it gave Sunny another pinch with her satisfying fingernails. But she won't shut up. Listen, Toothy, Olaf said, taking his eyes off the road. If you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. Sunny gave a little whimper of annoyance and wiped her eyes with her tiny hands. It was true that she'd been crying for most of the day throughout the long drive, even that most the dedicated of researchers would be unable to trace, and now the sun has set and she still has not been able to stop herself. But Count Olaf's words, she was almost more irritated than frightened. It's 
it is always tedious when someone says that if you don't stop crying, they'll give you something to cry about. Because if you're crying already, that means you have something to cry about. And then there's no reason for giving you an additional thing to cry about. But thank you very much. Sunny Baudelaire certainly felt the insufficient reason to weep when she was worried about her siblings and wondered how they had how they were going to stop running away from the caravan and from the caravan from hurtling to their doom. She was frightened for herself now that Count Olaf had discovered their disguise and tore off her beard and strapped it on Esme's lap, and she was in pain from the constant pinching of the villain's girlfriend. No pinch, she said to Esme. But the wicked stylist woman just frowned as if Sunny had spoken nonsense. She's When she's not crying, Esme said, the baby talks in some foreign language. I can't understand what she's saying. Kidnapped children are never any fun, said the hook-handed man, who was perhaps Sonny's least favorite of Olaf's troop. Remember when she had the quagmires in our clutches, boss? They did nothing but complain. They complained when we put them in a cage. They complained when we trapped them inside of a fountain. They complained, complained, complained. I was so sick of them, I was almost glad that they escaped from our clutches. Glad, Count Olaf said with a snarl. We work hard to steal the quagmires' fortune, and we didn't get a single sapphire. That was a real waste of time. Don't blame yourself, said one of the white-faced women in the back seat. Everybody makes mistakes. Not this time, Olaf said, with two orphans squashed someplace underneath a caravan and a baby on your lap. The Baudelaire fortune is mine. And one, and once we reach the Valley of Four Drafts and find the headquarters, all of our worries will be over. Why, asked Hugo, the hunchback man who had previously been employed at the carnival. Yes, please explain, said Kevin, another former carnival worker. At Calgary Carnival, Kevin had been embarrassed to be ambidextrous, but Esme had lured him into joining Olaf's troop by by tying Kevin right tying Kevin's right hand behind his back so no one would see no it was as strong as his left. Remember, boss, we're new to the troop, so we don't always know what's going on. I remember when I first joined Olaf's troop, the white-faced woman said, I'd never heard of the Snicket file. Working for me is a hands-on learning experience, Olaf said. You can't rely on everything I explain to you. I'm a busy, I'm a very busy man. I'll explain it, boss, said the hook-handed man. Count Olaf is like any other good businessman, and he has committed a wide variety of crimes. But these stupid volunteers have gathered all sorts of evidence and filed it away. Esme said, I tried to explain that the crime is in a very, it, the crime is very in right now, but apparently they were not interested. Sunny wiped another tear from her eye and sighed. The English Baudelaire thought that she'd almost reached the, almost rather be pinched again than hear any more of Esme Squalor's nonsense. But it was, but what in the, what was in the world that Esme used for fashionable, oh, the word that Esme used for fashionable, was and was out. And what was out? We need to destroy those files or Count Olaf will be arrested, the hook-handed man said. We have reason to believe that some of the files are at VFD headquarters. What does VFD stand for? The voice of Colette came from the floor of the automobile. Count Olaf ordered her to use her skills as a carnival contortionist to curl up at the feet of the other members of the troop. That's top secret information, Olaf growled, and to Sunny's disappointment, I used to be a member of an or- of the organization myself, but I found it was much more fun to be an individual practitioner. What does that mean, the hook-handed man said. It means to live the life of crime, Esme said, and it's very in right now. Wrong death, Sunny said, as she could not, could not help speaking through her tears. By wrong deaf, she meant something along the lines of an individual practitioner means someone who works alone instead of working with a group, and it has nothing to do with a life of crime. And it made her sad to, that there was no one around who could understand her. 
There you go, babbling away, Esme said. This is why I never want to have children. Except as servants, of course. This journey is easier than I thought, Olaf said. The map says that we have to pass a few more caves. Is there a hotel in the headquarters, Esme asked. I'm afraid not, sweetheart, said the villain. But I have two tents in the trunk of the car and we'll be camping on Mount Frat on the summit of the Mort Mountains. The summit, Esme said, but it'll be cold at the highest peak. It's true, Olaf admitted, but false. Spring is on its way, so before long, it'll be warmer. And what about tonight? Esme Squalor said, it is definitely not for me to set up tents in the freezing cold. Count Olaf looked at his girlfriend and began to laugh, and Sunny could smell the foul breath of his nasty giggles. Don't be silly, the villain said. You're not going to set up the tent. Esme, you're going to stay in this nice toasty car. The bucktooth baby will set up the tent for us. Now Olaf's entire troop laughed, and the car filled with the stench of so many villains' bad breath. Sunny felt more and more tears rolled down her face and turned to the window so that no one would see. The car's window was very dirty, but the youngest Baudelaire could see the strange square peaks of Mortmain Mountain and the dark waters of the stricken stream. But by now the car had driven so high up in the mountain that the main stream was mostly ice, and Sunny looked at the wide stripe of the frozen blackness and wondered where her siblings were if they were coming to rescue her. Um, she remembered that the other time she had been in Count Olaf's clutches, when the villains had tied her up and locked her in a cage and dangled her outside the tower was a part of the scheme. It had been absolutely terrifying for the youngest Baudelaire, and she often still had nightmares about the creaking of the cage and the distant sight of her two siblings looking up at her from Count Olaf's backyard. But Violet had built a grappling hook to rescue her, and Klaus had done some important legal research to defeat Olaf's scheme. As the car... As the car took Sunny further and further down her, away from her siblings, she started out the lonesome train, and she stared out the lonesome train. She knew that they could save her again. How long will we stay on Mount Frat? Hugo asked. Until I say so, of course, Count Olaf said. You'll soon find out that much of this job involves waiting around, the hook-handed man said. I usually keep something around to help pass the time, like a deck of cards or a large rock. It can be dull, admitted the white-faced woman. It can be also dangerous. Several of our comrades have recently suffered terrible fates. It was worth it, Count Olaf said nonchalantly, a word here which means in a tone of a voice that indicates that he didn't care one bit about his deceased employees. Sometimes a few people need to die in a fire or get eaten by lions, and if that's, the, and if that's all for the greater good. What's the greater good? asked Colette. Money, as May cried in a greedy glee. Money and personal satisfaction, and we're going to get both of those things when we get this whimpering baby off, off of my lap. We, Once we have our hands on the Baudelaire fortune, we'll have enough money to live a life of luxury and plan several more treacherous schemes. The entire troop cheered, and Count Olaf gave Sunny a filthy grin, but did not say anything more as the car raced up the steep, bumpy hill, and as the last screech to and at last screeched to a halt, just as the rays of sun faded in the evening sky. We're here at last, Count Olaf said, and handed the car keys to Sunny. Get out, baby. Unload everything from the trunk and set up the tents, and bring us some potato chips, Esme said, and so we'll have something to eat while we wait. Esme opened the door to the car and placed Sunny in the frozen ground and slammed the door shut again. Instantly, the chilly mountain air surrounded the youngest Baudelaire and made her shiver. It was so bitterly cold that the highest peak of the mountain 
that her tears froze in, in their tracks, forming a tiny mask of ice all over her face. Unsteadily, Sunny rose to her feet and walked back to the back of the car. She was tempted to keep walking and escape from Count Olaf while he waited in the car of his troop. But where could she go? Sunny looked around all over her surroundings and she could not see a place for a baby where it would be safe enough to hide. The summit of the mountain fraught was small, flat square, and Sunny walked through the trunk of the car. She gazed off of each of the square, feel each edge of the square, feeling a bit dizzy from the great height. From the three edges, she could see the square of the misty peaks and some of the other mountains, most of which were covered in snow and twisted through the peaks were strange, black, watery, stricken stream. But the rocky path that the car had driven for so long, but from the fourth side of the square peak, Sunny saw that something so strange that it took a moment to figure out what it was. Extending from the high peak of Mortmain Mountains was a glittering white strip like an enormous piece of shiny paper folded downward or the wing of something of some tremendous bird. Sunny watched the very last rays of the sunset reflect off of this enormous surface and realized what it was, the source of the stricken stream. Like many streams, the stricken stream originated within rocks of the mountains and it seemed it seemed Blah, 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 blah. warmer season it's in the war wait stricken stream originated with the rocks in the warmer season sunny could see that it cascaded down from the highest peak of the enormous waterfall but it was not warm it was not a warm time of year and just as sunny's tears had frozen on her face the water had frozen solid in a long slippery slope that disappeared into the darkness below it was such an eerie sight that it took sunny a moment to wonder why the ice was white instead of black like the waters of the stricken stream. Honk! A loud blast from Olaf's horn made Sunny remember what she was supposed to be doing, and she hurriedly opened the trunk and found a bag of potato chips, which she brought back to the car. That took very a very long time, orphan, Olaf, rather than thank you. Olaf said, rather than thank you. Now get the tent set up, one for Esme and one for me, and one for my troops, so we can get some sleep. Where's the baby going to stay? asked the hook-handed man. I don't want her in my tent. I can hear babies creep up and st- I hear babies creep up and steal your breath while you're sleeping. Well, she's certainly not sleeping with me, as May said. It's not it's not in to have a baby in your tent. And she's not going to sleep with me either, Olaf decided. There's a large covered casserole dish in the trunk. She can sleep there. Well, Will she be safe in the casserole dish, Esme said. Remember, Olaf, honey, if she dies, then we can't get our hands on that fortune. There are a few holes on the top so she can breathe, Olaf said, and the cover will protect her from snow gnats. Snow gnats, Hugo said. Snow gnats are well-organized, ill-tempered insects, Olaf explained, who live in cold mountain areas and enjoy stinging people for no reason whatsoever. I've always found them... I've always been fond of them. No, not, Sunny said, which meant, I don't notice any such insects outside, but no one paid any attention. We won't, won't she run away if nobody's watching her, Kevin asked. She wouldn't dare, Kent Olaf said, and even if she tried to survive the mountains by herself, we could see, we could see where she went. That's why we're staying here at the summit. We'll know if that brat escapes or if anyone's coming after us because we can see everything and and everyone for miles and miles. Eureka, Sunny shrieked, but before she could stop herself, she meant something along the lines of, I've just realized something, but she had not meant to say it out loud. Stop your babbling and get busy with, get busy, you fanged brat, as May Squalor said, and slammed the car door shut. 
Sunny could hear the laughing of the troop in the car of the, with the potato trips, and she just walked slowly back to the trunk to find the tents. It is often quite frustrating to arrange all of the cloth of the poles so that the tents work, which, which cr- correctly, which is why I have perfected, which is why I have preferred to stay in hotels or rented castles, which also have added attractions of solid walls and maid services. Sunny, of course, had the extra disadvantage of trying to do it herself in the dark when she was still fairly new at walking and was worried about her siblings. But the youngest Baudelaire had a history of performing a the Herculean tasks, a phrase here which means managing to do incredibly difficult things, as I'm sure that you know if you are ever forced to do something very difficult. It is oft, It often helps to think of something inspiring to keep you going when Sunny had in engaged in a word in a sword fight with in tooth fight at lucky smells lumbers lumber mill for instance she thought of how she how much she cared for her siblings and it helped her defeat the evil dr orwell when sunny climbed up the elevator in shaft 667 dark avenue she had concentrated her friends on the quagmires and how much she wanted to rescue them and before too long she reached the penthouse apartment so sunny dug a hole in the frozen ground with her teeth so that the tent poles would stay in place she she thought some she thought of something that inspired her and oddly enough that's something that count olaf said about being able to see everything and everyone for miles sunny as sunny assembled the tents and gazed down every so often of that slippery slope of the frozen waterfalls she decided that when that she would not try and sneak away from count olaf's troop she would not try and sne- uh, she would not try and sneak anywhere because if you could see everything from mount from mount frot that also means that everything and ev- that everything and everyone including violet and klaus would be able to see her that's so true if you can see out they can see in huh Peyton? is that right did you fall back asleep again yep oh mm. nope mm-mm, mm-mm. her eyes are just closed and she's asleep with her mouth slightly open Mouth is open and everything. Boop. It's time to wake up. Boop, boop, boop. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Let's get ready for school, kiddo.